Hello and welcome to the Real World Nutrition Podcast. This is episode 122, Understanding Delayed Onset Muscle Soreness and Overexercising for a Sustainable Fitness Routine. Hi everyone, it is Shelly Royale, Registered Dietitian, Host and Founder of Real World Nutrition. And I am bringing another fitness topic today. And I was thinking this became an inadvertent series about setting up a sustainable fitness program, fueling your fitness, but also addressing some of those challenges that come up with fitness. So episode 120 was about creating a sustainable fitness routine. And then episode 121 was about properly fueling fitness. Now, these things, as I said in the other episodes, a couple things, I didn't say this part. This is such a big topic that, of course, it's already three episodes now, and it was just various ideas that I thought about based on, this is what I've said before, teaching my class that I have, the sports nutrition class that I teach at my local community college, and just how much misinformation and confusion there is about not just fueling the body, but fueling for optimal fitness levels. So this could have been a ridiculously long uh, episode, but of course I broke it down into three so far. So today is what is called DOMES, or delayed onset muscle soreness, and also over-exercising. So not everyone is quite sure or knows about over-exercising. So I'm going to talk about the science behind delayed onset muscle soreness and help you differentiate, hopefully be able to differentiate between normal soreness and potential issues. And then address a little bit about over-exercise and what that means, because it varies by the individual for the most part. So hopefully this is this came up with my um, January blog posts that were all about how people tend to dive into resolutions, more or less, you know, they may not be doing resolutions in the same way, but setting goals, and then go all out in the first few weeks of January with their exercise and then get burnt out. So it's not just lack of motivation or fatigue, but it could be the soreness and over-exercising. So I've, I've seen people where they say they're going to go to the gym every day, and that was, you know, past episode there where you got to just calm down and take it small steps. But they get very, very fatigued and have that unbearable muscle soreness following and don't realize how this works in their overall fitness and exercise routine. So first I want to define or explain domes a little more or that delayed onset muscle soreness. And that's that lingering soreness post-episode, post-episode, post-exercise. So you feel a little sore, fatigued right afterwards, but it may be a little more sore the next day and maybe even a little more sore a couple days later, your muscles. So what's happening to our bodies during this time? So this is, there is a physiological explanation for this and muscle soreness or while muscles are sometimes rebelling against a good workout, this is an important aspect of our fitness routine. So exercise, especially when we're introducing a new activity or increasing the intensity, 
does cause microscopic damage to our muscle fibers. This is what a normal thing that happens. And that damage leads to inflammation and that sensation of soreness. And that usually peaks for most people between 24 to 72 hours afterwards. So I know for me, it tends to be about 48 hours or about two days afterwards. And I must admit, it's it's very sore that 48 hours afterwards. And I also remember my high school lifting weightlifting instructor saying, the muscles need 48 hours to rest. So maybe that just got stuck in my mind. And psychologically, that's when I feel most sore. So this is a natural part of our muscle building process. And if you're not deliberately trying to build muscle, any type of cardiovascular activity will also have some slight muscle damage that you're doing if you're moving your arms or your legs, you know, in a cycling or running or jogging or swimming. So what's normal and what isn't? And this is an important distinction here. You want that, there's, I shouldn't say you want, there will be that expected soreness following a workout. And then there's signs indicating there's something more serious. And try to pay attention to how your body is reacting to differentiate between normal post-exercise discomfort and potential warning signs that something should not be ignored. And this is not always easy. You don't want to be overreacting, but you've got to react appropriately. So normal soreness involves mild discomfort and stiffness and typically improves with movement and easing as your muscles warm up. So it gets better as you keep moving a little bit more, but a persistent, sharp, or localized pain can indicate an injury. So if you're not sure, it's always a good idea to check with a healthcare professional. Just get it checked to see if there's something wrong. And this is where I know it can be challenging because you don't want to be running for every little running to the doctor for every little muscle soreness. One who has time for that. And if, you know, people talk about how expensive it is, you know, if your copay is $30 every time you go to the doctor, you're not going to want to do that. But then you don't want to wait if you do have a serious injury. So soreness versus pain. Let's tap into some of those signals there. So that fine line, sometimes it, it may not always be a fine line. It may be quite obvious. Uh, but there's sometimes just a fine line between whether it's soreness or pain, and that's crucial. So soreness, soreness, just I'm thinking soreness. When I say soreness, I feel the soreness of muscles. It's a natural response to that challenge we gave to our muscles, and it's a dull ache or stiffness. But as I said, the pain that's sharper may indicate an injury, and if it dis if it prevents you from moving freely, persist beyond a few days, you really need to reassess your routine. Here's another one, rest, and then seek out professional advice. And rest, I know is a difficult one. If you feel like you've got some momentum, and you don't want to take rest days or, you know, elevate and all that good stuff. It can be hard, but it's important. So minimizing and relieving the delayed onset muscle soreness. So, of course, we don't want to be reaching for the ibuprofen more than we need to. And for some of us, after a certain age, it almost becomes a daily thing, it feels like. But here's some practical tips and strategies to help you minimize that 
domes, ensuring that you can continue on your fitness journey and get the benefits. So there's the first thing is active recovery. So this is light exercise. So a much lower intensity, like walking or swimming to promote blood flow without causing that additional muscle stress. Hydration and nutrition. So stay well hydrated, well hydrated. That just helps with alleviating some muscle soreness. Well, not so much helping with relieving the muscle soreness, but helping with the um, hydrating the muscles and making sure they're getting the love they need from the fluid. And then ensure a balanced diet with sufficient protein to support the muscle recovery. So I say all the time, don't forget the protein. It doesn't mean you have to be a meathead, but protein helps with the repair of the muscles and the tissues. The exercise is what helps make the muscles bigger with the those microscopic damage and the protein helps with the repair. Stretching and being flexible. So make sure you incorporate some dynamic stretches after exercise, or I should say before exercise and then static stretches after exercise. So they'll warm up, the cool down, and it doesn't have to be a full blown yoga class. It could be 30, 20 to 30 seconds with each area and that should be enough and that can help with reduced tightness later. And then of course, rest and sleep. So allow your body ample time to rest and recover. Quality sleep is critical to recovery. So when I say rest, you know, ample time to rest, wanting to do something every single day, you really need to make sure you're doing something different. So if you're running one day and do weightlifting the next day, and then going back to running another day, you know, that's still different types of exercise, but just pay attention to what's happening. And if you need to do more rest, I'm going to get to that in just a minute. Make sure it's okay. It's okay to rest. I used to have to remind my son, he would actually come out of his room and tell me, mom, remind me of the importance of rest days. And I'd have to go through the whole spiel. He knew, but he really wanted to go work out. So I'd have to talk him down. Like he came to me and say, not say literally talk me down, but mom remind me of the importance of rest days because he wanted to just keep working out. So it, I mean, it worked. He does do his exercise. He just still incorporates his rest days. So let's talk a little bit more about that when soreness isn't soreness. So as I was saying, you know, talk about the pain versus the soreness. So when muscle soreness crosses that line into something more serious, this is really important to pay attention to. So here's some red flags here. If the soreness persists beyond a week, of course, if it has swelling or bruising, or if you're experiencing joint pain, it's pretty, pretty important to talk to a healthcare professional. This could be signs of an underlying issue that needs attention to prevent long-term damage. So back in the old days, this was many years ago when I was running, while during the run, I had pain in my, pain in my ankle. And initially I thought it was a twist or a sprain, but it wasn't really the soreness that can happen with running. And there aren't really that many muscles in the ankles. I mean, look at your ankle if it's just mostly bone and tendon. But there was no swelling that I could I could detect. I mean, it wasn't like it turned into an elephant ankle or foot. 
But the next day, my shoe felt tighter and I knew something wasn't good. Now, this started on a Saturday, so it wasn't like I was running to the doctor the next day. And a couple of days later, rest and the ibuprofen still hadn't fixed it. So it was uncomfortable. I would say pain, yet it wasn't excruciating and it just wasn't getting better. So after the orthopedist, I went and some tests and an x-ray and then another specialized x-ray. I had a stress, stress fracture. So a stress fracture is very, what people may call hairline fractures. They're kind of difficult to detect. But I had the joy of having a boot for the next six weeks and no more running for quite a while. So I just say pay attention and know how to identify something more that's going on than just soreness. And that was just something where it seems to me things either happen to me on a Thursday afternoon. So it's like Thursday afternoon, do you run to the doctor the next day or do you wait it out and then find out by Monday you're in pain? Or do you, you know, just you know your body best and it's it's like you don't want to run off to your urgent care right away yet at the same time obviously you know something's jutting out or you can't walk you can't move then that's that's serious okay and my orthopedic experience was that I've had an orthopedist for various bones and joints my son's had an orthopedist for various joints and my husband's had an orthopedist for various bones and joints. We, we had, we gave a lot of money to our local orthopedic clinic uh, back in the day. So I don't have the expertise on orthopedic information other than the experience. So again, you've got to know your body and pay attention to what is right or not so right for your body. But here's the next part, over-exercising. And this is something that people don't always understand is a thing and what's going on. So over-exercising, what is it and why does it happen? It could be all called over-exercising or over-training. And that's when the volume and intensity exceeds, volume intensity of the exercise exceeds the body's ability to recover appropriately. And this can include persistent fatigue, decreased performance, increased susceptibility to illness, mood changes. And some of those things may occur for other reasons too. It can be independent of exercise, but not everyone realizes or knows that these are signs of overtraining. And recognizing these signs is crucial for preventing burnout and injuries. So what may be overexercise to one person may not be for another person. So why is it that one of the fitness instructors or many of the fitness instructors where I go for group fitness can teach multiple classes in one day, multiple classes in a day for several days during the week? I mean, doing, and they're doing the exercise, not just looking at everybody and, and wondering, you know, not wondering, but helping with form. But how are those individuals able to pull it off where somebody goes every single day and that's over-exercising? Or why some people can effortlessly run marathons and others struggle for daily runs? Well, it's not effortlessly running marathons. I don't believe that for a minute. But the big point here is training 
So individual differences like genetics, fitness level, and lifestyle influence how our body responds to exercise. And what's manageable for one person may be excessive for another. But that doesn't always mean that amount will be the same. So understanding your limits and adjusting your routine accordingly is key to avoiding overexertion. And I guarantee you that person who runs marathons didn't start that way. It took time and it took training. So even if you have been a runner in the past or you have done some of these fitness routines in the past, if you haven't done it in a month or more and think you can go back into your regular routine, it may be okay, but it may not be okay. It could be over-exercising. So when I, persistent fatigue or decreased performance, so if you're feeling excessively tired, yeah, you could be coming down with something or it could be over-exercising. You've got to just, you know, tap into how you're feeling, rest and see what's happening. So I want to share a story here about this with regard to marathon runnings. I talk about this a lot. Again, I said I was a runner many, many years ago. But it wasn't an overnight thing when I decided I wanted to run a marathon. And I, well, I should take that back. But here's the thing. It wasn't a one-year thing. When I decided I wanted to run a marathon, yes, that was a rather spur-of-the-moment output statement following an event. But then the following years took in, was what took place to... Um, complete the marathon. So let me get to the start of the story here. So when I was in my 30s, I finished my first 5k, and that was 3.1 miles. And it was challenging yet exhilarating. And that moment after I was done, I was like, yeah, I think I want to run a marathon by the time I'm 40. So that was five years out. So my runs back then started as a run-walk combination. It was run for one minute and walk for four minutes. Oh, it took a lot of time. It took a lot of patience. It took progression to longer distances, events, lots of massages to help with motivation, setbacks, including that injury I mentioned already. And here's the thing. It took about four years. So when I did the marathon, it was the same event that I did the 5k just four years later. And it was just a few weeks after my 39th birthday. And I did another marathon right after my 40th birthday. Now that was the end of the marathon running after the second one. And then another injury later, basically, not basically, it sidelined running for good. But here's the thing. It took a lot of time. There was a lot of setbacks. And I have met people who said, who have never run before, who said, I'm going to run a marathon this year. It's totally 100% possible. It is. However, I encourage patience and taking time to get to that distance. And it's not something I recommend for everybody. I don't recommend it for anybody, actually. But if they want to do that, there's going to be a lot of training involved and a lot of, lot of things involved in that. And I really encourage having some incremental goals along the way. But that over-exercising, some people like, oh my gosh, you run every day. Back then I didn't run it every day, but you run that far. 
Yeah, but that took time and training. To go out and do that now for somebody who hasn't done it before, that could be the equivalent of over-exercising and their body not liking it. So like I said, with the instructors at the group fitness place that I go to, those instructors, they have experience doing this, years of experience. And I know at least one of the instructors teaches at other places too. And it's practice and experience and not jumping into it and understanding the importance of rest. So maximizing your fitness and maximizing your fitness routine, that's where the gradual approach comes in. So your fitness routine is usually or should be a gradual progression. So here's some tips for you. I got some tips for you. I got 10 tips for you to help you with that gradual approach. So start small and dream big. So with the manageable goals, begin with manageable goals and then gradually increase intensity. So that's where I mentioned the marathon. It took four years. I had planned five, but it was four. Listen to your body. That's number two. Listen to your body. It's okay. Listen to your body's signals. Adjust your routine accordingly. That rest actually may help improve performance. Incorporate those rest days. So that led into number three. So allow that muscle recovery time and schedule regular rest days. So people often like, I can't rest because then I'll end up not starting back up. That one rest day will turn into 80 rest days. But it's really, really important for your routine. Number four is diversify your workouts. So mix up your exercise routine to minimize overuse of specific muscle groups. So some people really get stuck on one type of exercise, but they really need to modify it to do different parts of the body. Number five, check in with a professional. So seek guidance from a fitness expert or a healthcare professional to tailor your routine to your needs. And that could be just hiring a personal trainer or running coach just for a short time to help you out. Or you can do it long term, of course, but that's sometimes, you know, helping with your form or helping with some little tips is really, really important. Number six, nutrition matters. Ensure your body receives proper nutrition to support your fitness goals. So that was episode 121. And then number seven, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Make sure you're getting plenty of hydration to minimize fatigue and muscle soreness. And heck, if you're hydrating quite a bit, you may get active recovery by just walking to the bathroom. Number eight, gradual intensity increase. So gradually, again, I know it feels agonizingly slow, but increasing the intensity of your workout slowly to avoid overexertion. And this is where I encourage patience. Celebrate the small wins. Acknowledge and celebrate your achievements, no matter how small, to stay motivated. So I have a fitness goal for each month, and it could be doing so many minutes per month, or it could just be doing so many workouts each month, regardless of the time length, the time length, the time. So if I do 30 minutes on my bike, great, that's one workout. If I do a 30 minute fitness class, great, that's another workout. If I do some lifting for 30 minutes, that's another workout. 
And it doesn't even need to worry about the 30 minutes. It's doing those different types of activity and working out or having fitness routine or exercise about so many times per month. And if I don't reach it, that's okay. I'm not going to cram 14 of them in the last week of the month. It's more of just encouraging myself. This works for me to have a regular fitness routine. Number 10, find joy in the journey. Enjoy becoming a healthier, stronger version of yourself. And if you do not like the fitness routine that you're doing, you've got to find a different one. It's okay. I talk about running and it was something I turned out, it turned out that I liked it. That does not mean everyone else has to do that. It really doesn't. And it's not for everyone and that's okay. Find something you love. All right, so that's it for talking about delayed onset muscle soreness and over-exercising. And I just want to say again, if you want to find ready to fuel your fitness journey, ready to talk about nutrition and your fitness, and the important role there is, I'm here if you need or want some personalized guidance or have specific questions about nutrition to support your goals. As always in the show notes, you can find the link to schedule a free 30-minute discovery call with me so you can see how you can optimize your nutrition and enhance your overall well-being. And we can work together to ensure your fitness journey is impactful and sustainable in the long run. And even if you're not quite ready for a full-blown fitness approach with your nutrition, I help with people with their daily overall eating patterns no matter where they are today. All right, everyone, that is it for this episode of Real World Nutrition. I hope you all take care, stay safe, and bye for now.